athleticism of Cox. He can go on the number third. 200 centimetres. You can't do that. Perkins through a bit of traffic. The right foot Nana. And it's just class. It bounces the way of Jones. This is extraordinary now. Picked up by Stringer. One-handed. Onto the right boot. Jake Stringer. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes that have known each other forever who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD for lunch to talk everything Essendon Footy Club. My name is Grant and with me is Scott. Hello everyone, good to be back. Uh, this is the, oh, it's the Queen's birthday, Monday. Queen's birthday, I'm not at work and I'm loving it. <laughs> Holiday. Yes, it is something fun about long weekends. It's just fun. It's just, it's, <sighs> you feel like you're cheating the system a little bit and yeah. you, you know you've got a shorter week. I'm a big fan. Slipping in is so oh, good. Oh, uh, so yeah, I saw three games on the weekend, all involving Essendon. Uh, two were really fun to watch, one not so fun. <laughs> um, so this show is going to be – there's going to be some definite positives and oh, some definite highlights. Some Some – yeah, un, uh, a very unexpected VFL debut that t- took everyone's attention we'll talk about. I don't just lid, <laughs> lid remaining on for the boy. Uh but I guess we have to start with the 150th celebration, uh, which was Essendon Carlton on Friday night. Uh, the, look, I'm not going to try and be as doom and gloomy. There's a few people that said we're a bit doom and gloomy lately. Uh, I'll try, but look, I'm going to be honest as well. So I'm sorry if you if we go into negative territory. Bad luck. We're two and ten. I was going to say two and ten. Two and <laughs> ten to be quite frank. Yeah, I, I have to be my authentic self, and you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say things to please anyone because I, I'm. This podcast is about me sharing my thoughts, uh, and people are welcome to tune in, tune out. But it's, but you have to understand that this club is really, really struggling, and we all know the inexperienced part. We get that. We've played nine of the top. 10 teams already. So I get that too. Yeah. There's, a, there's a lot of factors involved. and uh, But no one would have told me we're 2 and 10. And, and it's not just the 2 and 10. And if we're being honest, it's not just the 2 and 10. It's the way there we are we playing. Go. There uh, we go. It's, it's our system. It's our zones. It's our structures. lack of anything. It's uh, our lack of all of that. That's really where the concern is at. So, look. Okay, pre the starting bounce. Um, brilliant. Brilliant stuff, uh, really stirring stuff. Um, uh, you had obviously, I mean, if there's any a little bit critical, it's probably a, it was a little bit shitty post-84 centric pre, pre-game, I'll be that. I, they probably only had a short amount of time. Yeah, would have would have had maybe a, a Coleman member of the family or a Dick Reynolds member of the family on the ground. That's very, I know that, being a little bit picky, but if you wanted if to, if they wanted, if to. you wanted to talk 150 years, that would be really, really nice touch. Um, but still, the the champions uh, on the ground and Hurdy's big smoking introduction. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, the the bomber crowd gave him a massive applause, and uh, and then the huddle happened, and Heppel spoke, and, and that was. Probably my favourite moment of the year, actually. I'll, Eas- I'll be honest. Easily, I'm sorry. Easily, uh, yeah, yeah. And and there's 
I mean, a lot of talk around that Apple, and Apple's obviously got a lot of talk this year. So I want to discuss a little bit about that initially. He's sincere to me in that address, and, you know, he, I thought he was going to be in tears at one moment, pulling on his jumper. But, you know, I I have a view of Apple where he is as body-wise and everything like that. And I think he's a little bit struggling uh, with his body at the moment um, to really crash backs and, and be able to be a hard kind of player that we may need in defence and stick with his man. So I have that critique. Uh, and, uh, you know, I've had small critiques about how he leads and very uber-positive and maybe not, maybe not addressing other things that are happening around the playing group. But for that moment there, that was one of his best moments. Uh, and... And for those, I know there's been a debate about, you know, oh, well, we lost the game, so it didn't really matter. Look, I think the players responded to it. If you said before the game that, you know, that's going to happen and then the Essendon Football Club tonight's going to have 75 tackles, um, you would actually go, wow, that's a that's a big response. It's, I, I can't remember us having 75 tackles no. in a game for many years. So I'll have to go through the record books to understand when we – even got close to 75 tackles. So what it did highlight is that, and it's even since the Sydney game, the the effort is there. I think the they, you know, we can hear in their voice, they really want to improve and they want to make sure effort's being a standard. And I think for three weeks, we had 64 tackles last week against Port, where, where we are trying and we care. Now, the biggest problem now is really uh, coaching mechanics at this football club. And that's the monkey in the wrench, right? Yeah. Like that's just that little bit, just that little bit there. Keep going with what you were going to say, but I just wanted to, no. to, I mean, and I, unfortunately, again, for everybody, this is, we are going to get slightly de- um, negative on this show because Scotty and I have been thinking about this and we've been thinking about it a lot. There's a reason why those 65 and 75 tackles are there and it's, it's not always positive. So keep going what you were saying. Yeah, exactly. So we're, we're caring, we're pressuring, but we're breaking down tremendously on our zones and our structures and our systems. And so much so, you know, I was looking on the ground and just the amount of times I was counting guys, running around fast and hectically, but in so many times, no man's land. Yeah. Uh, and not quite sure where to be, where to position, a lot of... Where lot to go of, next. A lot of hand, po- like hand pointing. You need to be there or you need to be there. And, you know, especially in the first half, uh, it feels like a very disorganised, lost group. And, you know, there's obviously a lot of talk about has truck lost the players... I've, I've always been firm that the players love truck and I've seen that whole preseason. So I think there's two arguments to this. Do they like truck as a person? Yep. And as a, and a, yes, I do. Um, Be pretty hard not to. Is, is there though a breakdown between the current playing group and truck system that he wants to implement? We have to also be honest and say completely because uh, I don't know there's a team in the AFL at the moment, even maybe even with North Melbourne, uh, yeah. North just don't have the, the cattle. They, I, yeah, I reckon North's a got a plan. Just they just a don't have team. the. They yeah. just don't have the cattle, man. They're just yeah, no good. They don't have Zach Merritt, Parrish, Stringer. No, yeah, yeah, they Red, don't have Ridley. two meter Peter. Yeah. They don't have that sort of stuff. So what happens when you have those plays, but the, your system is so completely broken? I'm just going to play 
uh, a few clips. Uh, this is this is Dylan Shield after the game, and hopefully you can hear it. So excuse, but it, this is him just talking to I guess the, the Essendon uh, media channel. Uh, and I just found this clip at least initially interesting. See, hopefully this works. The way we broke down on defence was, um, you know, it's been a challenge for us all year, as everyone in the footy world knows. So, you know, to let them have over 100 uncontested marks was, um, you know, it just makes it really, really hard to, to win games when you allow opposition to do that. And I thought we were, were pretty good in, you know, tackle pressure, contested footy, uh, but everything was just really, really hard to be able to transition the ball and hit the scoreboard. So to have one less score shot in them was surprising. You know, that we just felt like we were working so much harder to score and they were very, they were very good at transitioning the ball inside 50. Um, in your opinion, how do we sort of make that easier for ourselves in, in trying to convert you know, our, our possessions into that scoring opportunity? <laughs> oh, yeah. Right, we've been we've been asking that question all year. Um, yeah, and look, his face told you a little bit of a lost face. And if you didn't see his face, then you could hear it in his voice, right? It's like, yeah, we've been. It felt like he was like, we've just been talking about it for all year, but it's not. We don't. It's and, not working. And even that comment just about uh, them even moving the ball forward. It seems so hard to generate scores. You can see it. Like, it feels that way for us. It's it's sideways ball movement. It's slow. There's very little movement by the players when we have the ball. And it's obviously, you know, watching the replay, even the TV commentators are, are picking that narrative up that how much we're lack of movement up the field. Um, and then our structures are often sometimes wrong where – we actually do get a fast break and then there's actually no one up the field. Yeah. Uh, so we're, so there's a lot of concerns. Um, I'm going to show you uh, another audio clip, which I found really interesting. Um, and I, I did this uh, a little bit deliberately just to have some fresh different people speaking as well. And we can feed off ideas from And Robert Shaw, I really rate. Um, as a commentator, and he's on um, Ron Connolly's show. As a football person, yeah, he's got a massive footy brain. Oh, massive senior coach, obviously 2000 team, uh, premiership team, uh, mate, uh, head assistant coach. So, yeah, it's great uh, strategic mind, um, knows how to – loves developing young people. So he sees these things and he loves the football club. And, you know, people know – um, especially with Roko, uh, <laughs> yes, major concerns. But sure, he's started to get that narrative of what as well that he's seeing things that he's he's worried about. So um, they had they had a conversation on their footyology. So if you haven't got footyology, I, I highly recommend it. But they have a, a weekly sort of wrap up show of the of the week's games, and they just had a discussion on Essendon. And it was it kind of centered around uh, last week with Port Adelaide, uh, Port Adelaide and Essendon. There's pretty much no goals scored in the last 35, 40 minutes of that game. And against Carlton, really, the last 35 minutes of that game, there was no goals scored. No goals scored in the last quarter of both those games. And, and even the Richmond game, I think it was only two goals to one. Uh, so it's we're having this odd thing where we're almost shutting down a game. Uh, almost halfway through the third quarter. We're not shutting it down, though. Well, the, I'll let you play this clip and I'll just see what you think. Okay. Um, so it goes for about two minutes, so just bear in mind. But I think it's a really interesting debate. 
about what's happening um, and From why. Two, two blokes that know what they're talking about. Yeah. The second half just dragged out, Rowan. Uh, I know all the teams have to start with 6-6-6, six, 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 but after that, um, Essendon would revert to basically a 15-man defence and really try and uh, curtail the scoring and, and keep keep the ball away from the two big blokes, and, and that's why that game went the way it did in the end. Okay, so that I want to be critical of this, right? If Essendon are genuinely trying to build something for the future, right, why are you playing footy like that? I'd rather they lose by 10 goals having a crack at actually scoring than lose by 26 points and deliver a performance that literally makes you fall asleep. I mean, it's very clear being there that that was that was the um, you saw it. You know, but then, and, this and is it, this is what's happened the last three games against Richmond, against Port, against Carlton. They haven't been blown off the park, but no. they have at no stage look like winning the game. Now, how is what's, that what's developing? Called, for what's the, the word called when you? Um, I'll, I'll just keep talking. Yeah, it, it defies the the philosophy and the logic of what they're talking about. Of course, it um, does. Well, if we're third bottom and Everyone's accepted from the president right down to us that, okay, we're, we're playing young team and we're playing a development team. I, I don't know where the development of 16 behind the ball is, Rowan, and players getting into the middle field looking up and there's no one there. But don't, <laughs> don't, don't lose honourably. Get beaten by 15 goals teaching these kids how to play on Paddy Cripps or how to, you know, I, I like the fact that Reed. Um, has has a crack at Mackay. That's it, development. It, it, it achieves nothing. It achieves no, nothing. It's anyway. a, it's a it's a horrible, boring way of playing footy. It saps the enthusiasm of the players, not to mention the fan base who have just absolutely had enough of watching this Don't garbage play for week after week. Don't play for survive. It's but survival. you know what? Just yeah. can I just make a point without delving into the politics again? You just said, or oh, for all accepted that well. They haven't, Rob, because the president of the club came out in radio a week ago and said, I believe that we can win a premiership within three years. Well, I'm here to tell you, Paul Brescia, this, the way it's going now, they cannot win a premiership in three years. And if you honestly believe that, which I don't think you do, you are absolutely and utterly delusional. (laughs) Okay. Uh, We love Rocco. He's a friend of the show. That man does not miss. He has... Like, what, he's forgotten more about football than anybody listening to this will ever remember, right? So, And he's also a reasonably passionate Essendon bloke. So if he's got really serious concerns there. Well, it's an interesting point I think uh, Shuri raised about having uh, in these last quarters quite a few numbers behind the ball uh, in order to to protect almost a thrashing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's a very worthy comment he's making about what are you teaching then the young guys uh, in in how they develop. I think he, I think that raises even more concerns for me in some areas because you he's right. You're two and ten. You're third last. You, like you might as well yeah, now go for it. Exactly. Right. You might as well. You might as well uh, go Perkins, uh, Hobbsy. Take the game on. Take your chances. Have some aggressive kicking. In what in what system? Well, that's it. I mean, it's you, just you, yeah. it, it sounds at the moment like I mean that from Rocco, I have no doubt is very accurate. The more you think about it, you, you can see that happening. But I, when when Shorey goes, 
just take them on. Uh, don't do that in the back line and stuff. We will literally be get beaten by 10 to 12 goals every single week, right? But then that's like putting Jacob Wiedering in fullback for Carlton in the first year. He got destroyed. Mm. Right? He got hammered by massive forwards and the like, and he's only just starting to recover as a footballer because his confidence is completely shot. So you've got to balance up Sure, well, lose spot. He's the premier fullback in the confidence. Well, yeah, he's only he's, he's like you said, he's coming back now, right? <laughs> but he's you've you've got to just you've got to be careful with Reedy, right? Because uh, a their contracts expire in a couple of years or something like that. Do they want to still be here then? Because they're getting pumped for two straight years in a row. Do they? You've got to. I, I know lose by twelve to fifteen goals. Like Shuri said, that's fine. But you you can't lose by twelve to fifteen goals and maintain Under Armour as a sponsor and solar uh, solar people as a sponsor and keep the coterie groups and keep Essendon players turning up to footy games. You've got to actually maintain the brand as well, and the brand can never be twelve to fifteen goal losses. We can't accept it. Yeah, look, I I, I look, I I probably think a little bit different. I don't assume that it's just going to be 10 to 12 goals. But do you think – well, I mean, like, those two guys are saying Because uh, your sponsors aren't going to go if you're, if you're 3 and 18 at the end of the year kind of thing, you know. No, but 12 to 15 goal losses equals a loss of a coach halfway through the year. But, no, but the, the whole point is, is that if you take the game on, you actually learn much more and elevate faster. If you're not – then your kids aren't learning anything. Your kids and are learning how to that's lose. That's the flip side. Yeah, your kids are learning how to lose gracefully. Fine. That's the um, flip side of the argument, and I agree. It learns 60-40, right, for me. It's 60-40 to, take, to, the, to tell the kids to go for it, right, to tell the kids it's 60-40 for me. But you And it's not just the kids, by the way. It's, it's Zach Merritt. It's Parrish to now, go for it. Now, that was yes. the question I was going to ask you on this, right, is our back line's getting hammered. Every single week, our back line gets hammered. That's why you've got to put people down there after and to clog it up, and they keep getting hammered. Where are Essendon's senior footballers? Well, that's, yeah, I mean, that's... that's They're all in the midfield, right? Yeah. Why is it that our senior footballers at the moment can't do what's required to stop the ball from free-flowing into the back line? Well, again, it's, you know, honestly, it's a little bit like the tackle count with me with the midfield. You look at their centre-bounce clearances, they're matching most teams. They go... but, but the defensive, again, man. But again, um, when they – well, to me, it's both. So when they get the ball, they're not unsure what to do with it and the forwards are unsure they, they where to lead. They just bomb. They, they just bomb the they ball. They end up just bombing it. And then they're also unsure about their zones. Like you can – I think they – I think they had a point. Like you saw the parish, you know, you could see he's angry. Yeah. They, they, they would not be liking this, man. Yeah. No, no. And, you know, um, Shield after the, that this game, said, you know, there's clear frustration. We're, we're trying to work on our zones and it's obviously hasn't been working, but it's not from a lack of care, I can promise you. And you can see it in Mer- Merritt's face. You can see it in Parrish's face. It's not a lackadaisical midfield. No. They're just in the wrong spots. So it's, again, comes back to a coaching group. It's And it's, and it's not just truck. It's... Carousella leads them. If yeah. it's it's you got to, you got to put it on you know these line managers as well. So it, it's the whole coaching group. You get how are you going to get your message across to this team that where they can actually play in an efficient manner. Like look, to be honest, like ninety percent of the other teams at least have a core system that you know works and you can have off days and that sort of stuff. But we just consistently. Um, we just consistently have no system, and it's 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 now twelve games. I've seen it, um, 
and it's yeah, it's infuriating. <laughs> Mate, it's which brings me back to that um, thing I wanted to talk about earlier. We had 68, 67, and 75 in our last three games worth of tackles or something along those lines, right? Um, 75 tackles in this game. At the end of the game, in isolation, that looks good, right? 75 tackles, it equals pressure, it equals effort, yeah. all good things. But I, what Scotty and I were talking before the show, and um, I'd actually argue that 75 tackles is it's almost too many. We shouldn't have to be doing 75 tackles. The reason why we're having 75 tackles, and this is where I'm going to, again, put a dampener on a what looks like a good stat, is that we're chasing so many bums, we have to tackle that many times. Oh, Carlton yeah. Carlton have got the ball so much. They've got possession of the ball, yeah. They've got possession of the ball so often. If you look at Carlton's stats, the 50-some-odd, 52, 50, oh, whatever the hell their, their tackle count was, they've beaten us comprehensively, and they've only had to tackle us 50-odd times. Why? Because their zones and their defence is set. They know what they're doing. And it's harder for us to get through their defence. So they've only got to tackle us 50-odd times. We tackled 70-odd times and the we couldn't get it past the middle. Or if we did get it past the middle, it was just a damned consistent bomb into the forward line. Yeah. At what point, mate, at what point there's there's... There's blame for the players not executing the coach's plan. But at what stage is it that the coaches have to have some of that onus put back on them to say, if your message cannot be understood by the players, then the onus is on the coach to change the message. Oh, I totally agree. It's it's Or, yep. or how would you, what would you agree with? That old adage, if you can't change the people, change the people. Meaning... If the, if the kids or the, the game plan that Truck wants has been signed off by the board and it is still the best game plan that he can find, if the players aren't doing it, do we get rid of players and find players that will? Or do we get rid of a coach because he is incapable, coaches, whatever, incapable or incapable of getting his message through to the playing list? Which yeah, one? well, I've been. I mean, I've been pretty solid all year, and I and I will be to this point that Truck obviously coaches out the remaining of the year, and and the club's already been talking up that he's pretty much guaranteed for next year. Um, I'm not sure if I go that far yet, but uh, but you know, I'm not making any rash decisions this year. I, I still believe a young coach has to learn, but you know, I always felt with Worsfold. Um, he had a stubbornness about him that really annoyed me. Uh, that when yeah. things didn't go wrong, he didn't. He had a stubbornness that didn't want to change. And I'm just hoping Truck doesn't have that approach. Where 12, 12, 12 rounds, man, and we haven't seen a single thing change. Yeah, it's in the way they play their football. Nothing has changed. Yeah, I mean, he's got he's got two issues. One, it's he's got. Uh, the, the players obviously, you know, have fallen backwards quite dramatically in 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 their system. So I, 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 yes, so I don't think. The but he's also is also the other part where he's not getting the best out of the players he got last year. Whether Rid, Ridley and and Laverde and like Merritt's actually having an off year. Like he's solid as always. Ridley's but he's having an awful. When's year. the last time he went Merritt easily was best on ground? Like. Did. Yeah, because again, mate, I've said I said this on that solo pod that I did ages ago. The players have also got to fight through losing eight eight in a row. Have we just lost eight in a row? Uh, oh, no, no, we beat the Hawks like four, okay, four, five, 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 five,
We've lost 10 games of footy and the players are going to be depressed as all hell. Then they've got to fight their way through that losing, awful losing feeling to get themselves up each week to be excited about playing football, especially for Essendon, when they know that the system that they're trying to do is not working and then the very first sign of any trouble of the the opposition going on a run, the players can't rely on that that base of knowledge of the system to go, no, 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 the system will get us there. If we do the right things, the system will get us there. Because they have no faith in it. So they drop their heads. They don't move. When we take marks down the ground, when Ridley takes a mark across halfback, there's nobody for him to kick it to. Because the yep. players are just standing still with their hand up in the air. So it's it's not motivating. The game plan also has to motivate the players. And it just ain't happening. Because we're just chasing left. We're chasing right. We don't know where to be. And it's not, yeah. and Like, it, this game was not a, a overly young and inexperienced side. Like, if you look at some of the names, you know, Heppel, Scheel, Wright, Merritt, Parrish, Stringer, Redmond, Guelphy, Parrish, as you said, uh, Colton, the cobble's still an experience, but um, Cutler came in, his experience, Ridley's experience, Laverde is, Hind is, um, to a degree, is 26, 27 years old, uh, Kelly's experience, uh, Waterman has some, is, you know, obviously a mid 20s guy. It wasn't a young, no. you know, you know, it, it was, you know, we, our age group was pretty fair. Yeah. Um, but it's still coming down to systems. So, uh, yeah, it's – they've got to, you know, whatever internal reviews they're doing, you've – there's got to the, – for me, the key one has to be between the players and the coach and some communic- – an honest conversation. Now, you assume that's happening, um, but it may be an honest conversation with Truck and say, look no, – Nothing's happening, Truck. Mate, it's not working. You just can't – like – yeah, you just can't have those transition goals just happening every week. And it pains me, it truly pains me to think that we have to go back to start the square one. Like the first day Truck arrived at the club with his brand new game plan and then you have to say things like, oh, he's got to give him some time to get into the team and they learn the team or how he wants to play them and you've got to give him some time and that sort of stuff. It We, we did the first year. And it was great. And we did some improvement and we could see Scotty and I sat in this very room and said, I can see what they're trying to do. They're trying to be fast moving. They're trying to be handballs to link up through players. And sometimes it's really working and we look okay. Okay, fine. That's the team we're going to be. Let's do it, right? But then we've gone 180 degrees in the opposite direction for God knows why. But I hate to say it. This we need to. It's it's at a point now. You've got to call it. It's at a point where we have to chuck something out and start again. The game plan just isn't working. The players can't get it done for whatever the hell reason. So go back to the beginning. Go back to the start and ask the players what can work. What will we get done if we implement it? And look, I know this sounds funny. You know that quote of "you're not you're not always as bad as it, as it seems, not always good as it seems." Um, it can turn around fast. Like when, uh, if you read Harwick, um, uh, which are, you know I do a bit of reading on football. When you talk about him, when he had to have a moment where he realised I'm doing it wrong, and he and he and he had a great chat to the players and said I'm, I'm doing it wrong, and I admit it, and then he changed it up. 
Their success actually came very quick after that. Of course. So, you know, even I know when you saw the Roko clip, it's not happening in the next three, five years. It, it all depends on... That's on, if things stay the same, right? Yeah, if things stay the same. Of course it's not going to happen. But there is... Uh, there is enough young talent there to keep growing if you can get that other part right. And that's a big if. And that's uh, the frustrating part. The, yeah. the players, the talent. You bring in Kelly, who's not a bad player. He just looks real bad at the moment. And jo- Todd Ridley, wow. <laughs> he keeps saying, far out, man. How long has it been? Like four years, like Ridley. Um, Ridley. <laughs> If should have been an All Australian, could have been the centre half back, All Australian centre half back. If it wasn't for the idiot with blonde hair from Collingwood, um, he he looks he looks re- he doesn't look good, man. He looks like he's having a bad year because anybody to his standards, t- yeah, yeah, to his standards, to his of course to his standards, he yeah. doesn't look like he's having a great year. I've said it before, I'll say it again. I will defend that back line forever because. The way the ball comes in into that back line with complete zero pressure, of course it's going to make everybody look bad. Yeah. Like it, it makes everybody in the back line looks bad because it's it's hard enough to play on forwards for a start off, right? They've got the advantage, they know it, and they can fade off it, feed off it. It's why Inspector Gadget Dustin was so incredible because his last three to four steps was in this incredible closing speed right when the, the forward thought he was going to get it. But Ridley and that looked bad. Hindy looks like a shell of himself, right? Do you reckon? I yeah, thought, I thought the last two or three weeks he was playing. Oh, really two or three, good. yeah, two or three weeks, but not not behind his. There's no he's run. Not the play of last year, but no, he's been, he's had a little bit of a uptick. I thought in the last two or three. Yeah, weeks. but we're still asking for someone to have run and carry off the back line. Who's a good kick? Like we had that with Hindy last year. Run and carry yeah. off the back line was never our problem, right? So. We we don't. Do you reckon ha- they play too loose though? Do, do you honestly think they play too loose? Yeah, but I I don't think I think it's coaching, man. Like, seriously, I'd I look I that but that's that's true. Like I I but I I even say that if it's even if it's a truck comment. Um, do you think I think our system, our defensive system, has them playing very high? So they're trying to be almost extra midfielders. And what is the benefit in high? What 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 do they get from it's it? It's almost like they're trying to add more contested work to try and trap the ball in and get it going our way, but. Any sort of thing that goes wrong, and their and their it's opponents are twenty five minutes are in the in the clear. There, there were times when I, was it it's last such game? Such a high gamble. I don't know what the payoff is. No, neither do I. Because I, there's so many easy goals to be had. It was it was Kelly and and Dixon and and Scotty and I were watching some replays, and one replay just was we were dumbfounded. Oh, Rewald and Kelly. And we, all, yeah, yeah, we were dumbfounded. Just the the uh, the distance that J- Jack Rewald had, and then. Like, like Reedy, even Reed, like he's on Harry Mackay, right? He's like probably the best forward out there. Going around at the moment. Going around. And, and numerous times, he's 15 metres off him. But Reedy's looking to influence other packs. I know. It's, it's And I say, great, that's all good. That's great. People do that to Essendon because we are so utterly and completely predictable on how we go into the forward line. People go, it's kind of the big, the, the two metre tall bloke with red hair. 
Everybody knows it. And Harry Jones goes to the same um, to the same pack. Everybody knows it. So fullbacks can Stephen May and Lever and those guys they can have eat field it days. for yeah. breakfast, right? Because they know they can come in, they crash packs, and they influence things. Reedy's probably thinking, I've got Inspector Gadget arms longer than Dustin Fletcher. I can influence these packs, but we're not even close to being able, Reedy, for you to leave the best full forward in the comp at the moment and try and influence another pack. Well, the, yeah, the problem is Carlton has hundred un, more uncontested marks. And it's just coming down in waves and very easy. And and that's, so you can't leave your man. You actually have to play one-on-one with, our, gets me, man. with oh. our zones. You have to play one-on-one as a defensive group. Because that's it. There's got to be a call at some stage for the – man, we did it in bloody South Croydon. We, we, <laughs> the call came out. Man up. Man up. Everybody's got one was the call. Everybody's got a player. I don't care who – if you're a mismatch because there's been a, a interchange, a swap over and it's a mismatch, fine. But everybody's got one. And if you if you can't run with that player running back, the, the, like you said, the amount of contested marks they are really that's really annoyed me. The whole they they kick it out from half back to a wing, uncontested mark, Essendon player, dun dun. The footsteps arrive two steps later. Then it goes to the half forward line. They take a mark. The Essendon dun dun. Two steps later, they they take the mark. It they sorry they man the mark right. That sort of stuff to me just makes no sense. That's the part mm. that I can't explain why the players can have effort required for seventy five tackles, but then they realise that those con- the uncontested marks are so easy for the opposition. When we try the same thing, it's to a pack of five blokes, and yep. the ball gets spiked thirty five rows back. No, well, exactly. Hey, uh, I'm going to do a bit of a change of course here before we go to the break. Watch um, that. Uh, just on this game, because I'll cover other things after the break. Just on this game, there is actual positives from this game. One is Dylan Shiel. Really? Um, yes. Uh, Damn well deserves some credit. Since, you know, the Sydney game, he got highlighted, obviously, more than nearly any other player <laughs> this yep. year on his performance. And and for me, I was, I was fine with it. Like, it... Uh, He'd been doing that two or three weeks. He got dropped at one stage because he was not chasing or yep. not or not zoning up, however. And he got highlighted. Since that Sydney game, he's averaging 22 disposals and 5.6 clearances and seven tackles. Uh, I'm glad to know that's in Dylan Shield that he had – he's taken it upon himself and he's played three really good weeks in a row. This by far, maybe he's closest to his best game for the club, to be honest. He had 27, yep. eight clearances and 10 tackles. That's really hard working rate. And I wanted to make sure, you know, because we've, we've critiqued him as a podcast quite a lot, but I'm always a believer this podcast has to also do the opposite when the opposite happens. And he deserves every plaudits for that game. Uh, he got was in the coaches votes today uh, and deserved to be so – you know, he's had a good three weeks and responded. He could have gone into his shell and gone, why was me? And being yeah. kind of shamed three weeks ago. He's played three good games in a row uh, out of that and uh, just ripping 55-meter set shot goal, by the way. Uh, that was, a, it was beautiful. <laughs> uh, but, no, it was it was a really good uh, response. Uh, you know, he could definitely hold his head up high. Uh, again, Archie Perkins t- took 16 centre bounce clearances yeah. again. Um, but it's not looking out of place either. Uh, you can see something happening within him. 
you know, he's sure he's only getting like 16 or 20 times a game, but he's doing a lot of grunt work and a lot of effort work. And I'm just, it's a really good development. I'm really happy, you know, on some things I'm that we've critiqued the coach. I'm really happy with his development. I think he's a tall, good, for strong kid with his hips. Uh, and, uh, and he and is helping him getting through traffic and getting his hands free and getting an important handball out. So I'm really happy with that. I think Hobbsy's really growing. Um, he's coming almost that consistent half-forward 16 to 19 possession kind of uh, slash pressure slash, um, uh, I don't know what the word is. He seems to run up quite to the midfield quite a bit. But um, he, he's really um, looking quite solid. So, look, there's definitely things that, you know, that, you know, as far as a younger call, um, are really good signs. So uh, I don't want to go all doom and gloom. And we obviously talked about the pregame. The pregame was sensational. I'm never not going to knock anything about that. So, look, there was some things there um, uh, just to balance the whole argument out. I know we... We did lose under by five, you know, five, five only by five goals or so. Um, so, you know, there's obviously some things went okay. So I just wanted to make sure that was called out and there was a bit of a, a whole balance. But yep. we'll, look, we'll go to a break. There's a few other things to discuss. So um, we'll catch you after the break. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. That might have been a little early to come in on the music there, but that's okay. Um, what are we going to talk about next, Scotty? So uh, two other games happened on on the Saturday. So uh, we'll talk VFL because we're just talking about the men's program for the seniors. So, look, that was a ripping result. Carlton's a top six side in the VFL. Yeah. We've obviously, we only won our first VFL game last week, the previous week. Um, and to look, to back that up, and play even better, and to beat Carlton, which is a really good VFL program, good team. That was really encouraging signs. Uh, so, um, oh, there's some really good names. I mean, it does help. You know, obviously, when you get string on these guys hitting the seniors, you obviously have Ham and even Waterman played VFL. You start to get a few more uh, better bodies, I guess, better experience back into the VFL. Yep, you've added. Um, from the mid-season draft, Menzi and um, uh, Massimo, so uh, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Um, so look, it was it was a really really good result. Uh, um, Massimo, tell us about Massimo. Tell right, us about Massimo. Massimo, tell us about Massimo. <laughs> How did Massimo do? Well, oh uh, well, Massimo. Well, he was he was a uh, let's just say. He was very, very good. I was going to play a little clip oh, he then, did, sorry. He got ahead of himself then, Scotty. Oh, no. He was going to do a little... Uh, you got to wick at me, dude, so I can uh, I can take it for a second and then you can chuck the uh, thing on like I'm doing now. So, uh, yeah. I know, he still hasn't got it ready. Okay. I haven't got it ready. Oh, okay. I was going to have a fun sound clip and it didn't work. Sorry. Don't you hate that? No, he was brilliant. 33 disposals in your very first VFL and game. And he played off halfback? At Essendon, I'll say. Um, yeah, played... Exactly played the Adam Saad role. He was Adam, okay. he was Adam Saad. Uh, he played that but role. But with a better kick. So, um, 
Uh, so yeah, he was he was fantastic. It was, you know, he's obviously in the top two in the in the game. Some would have had him BOG. I probably just would have had Stewart maybe close to BOG. Okay, um, but three goals from him too. Yeah, and he had twenty two possessions and like seven or eight marks, big marks too, all contested. So he he carried a lot of physicality around the ground that was a massive influence. But to, uh, Massimo was it was sensational. It was it was exciting just to oh I mean Satoru would have been going, yes, okay. <laughs> uh, maybe I got that one right. So does he look sort of does he have that sort of uh, AFL look playing in the VFL kind of look about him? Yeah, he looked like he you know I, I don't know where his fitness is at. He was seemed to be running out the game fine, but uh he looked like he could be called up in the next two weeks, to be honest. So here's the uh, here's the ten million dollar question: Whose spot does he take? <laughs> yeah, well, um, you would have to shuffle the board around. I mean, it was interesting. Even too, they played Heppel more on a wing. Um, so you may you may yeah you, you would to get him in. You would have to shuffle things around. You might even have to drop a Kelly or or a, you know some <sighs> some may say the capped. Um, but uh, I I that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. The captain. No. So. Whether people like it or not, so it may be a Kelly. It may be a you know to to just change things around. Yeah, but I mean, you did notice the difference even with the VFL. How much we've missed that kind of player, that kind of aggressive mindset, yep. cre- and creative player. Um, but he runs and runs, so he he can have a thirty meter short pass, uh, cutting through the middle. But then three seconds later, he's taken on the handball and, and from the guy he's passed it to. So okay. he's, he's kind of sardy that way. He big, doesn't stop. Big tank? Yeah, he doesn't stop. He smiles nearly the whole game. He, like, so he's, he's a happy boy. Yeah, yeah. He's a happy boy. But, he, yeah, he looked like he looked like an AFL player to me. Like he, he, okay. He was, it was a, for your debut now, at a club, that was, that was one of the best, maybe if not the best, VFL debut of a first game. I've seen. So, cool. so 33 disposals in your first game at the club. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. So, and now, it, then the, the other $10 million question would be, will we then take him from his halfback role and play him in a forward pocket or something like that? Will we do <laughs> no, something no, weird no, with him? No, no, no. He only goes one way. He would be exactly what we're after, to be honest. We lack creativity from halfback. So, um, yeah, I, I would love to have him and Heidi. Um, coming off halfback. Uh, it wouldn't even tear me apart if it was him, Heidi McGrath, coming off the back line. Yeah, and having, I like that, and, having, and having real speed and, and X-factor coming yeah. off halfback. So, um, so they don't want to play McGrath off halfback, though. So, well, yeah, they kind of – it all depends on personnel and how much we're uh, – if, the, if there's midfield injuries or whatever. Yeah, it yeah. seems to – when we, it seems to play there in the back line when all the midfield group are healthy. And then he doesn't win. Yeah. When, when, when. And what about our other recruit, Jai uh, Menzies? Yeah, Menzies is an interesting one. So I watched him really closely the first quarter. Uh, he kicked two goals. He only had five disposals. Um, so I didn't find a ton of it, I'll be honest. But um, So I, I, I actually didn't watch Massimo much the first quarter. So I was, I was down, you know, when you're watching VFL, I was in the grandstand end. It was where the players come out, that little entrance there. Yep. And we were kicking that way. That and so I just watched him the whole first quarter. Was he forward pocket? Where was he playing? It was actually playing almost full forward. Oh, okay. So they Damn. they isolated him 
kind of out full forward. Stuart was kind of about 20 metres, 30 metres ahead of him. Okay. They went – a lot of stuff went through Stuart, I'll be honest. Um, or, or Baldwin, who kicked two as well. So um, so he, he didn't – it didn't seem to get over the top a lot to him. Uh, but I watched him closely – and the good thing is he went to the right spots a lot of times. Uh, it's just a lot of times Stewie held his mark. Uh, oh, Baldwin, okay. oh, Baldwin had some really nice contested marks. But I watched him and went, oh, that's the exact right spot you need to be as a small forward. So he, he had minimal opportunities to actually rove uh, or get – but he kicked two goals, one. So, so that he's, that's his primary game, sort of roving, or is he a – Lead out can like as a small bloke can kind of lead out and take a mark. Uh, I didn't see any sort of lead out. I didn't see much space for him to lead out. They're very Baldwin Stewart. There's a couple of big boys. To, yeah, 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 a couple of big boys. They're yeah. very tall focused uh, in in the way we're going to move the ball, which is fair enough because they were they had good hands. So you you know. Uh, and even Brian sometimes went down to the forward line to... Oh, I mean, wouldn't it be nice that a small forward never actually got the opportunity for a goal? <laughs> It'd be great if they went down there every time and the big boys took the took the mark every time. Yeah, exactly. So one thing that did a little bit surprise me um, was his height. He's, he didn't look small. Okay. Um, so that kind of... That surprised me. He looked like 181. Like he looked parish. Size to me, okay. Um, and it moved a little bit like that. He's got a very quick change of pace, like he's really nifty on his feet. So he's got a really nice sidestep, and that sidestep's going to go a long way. Like, well, he should expect to play in the midfield at so, some stage. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, he's uh, he's up and about. Ela. So I saw enough in the fundamentals of the game to go. I think there's something really there. Uh, and then, then for has, Jai, yeah, yeah, for Jai, and and you know. When you've played eight games in the in the Sandful, which is pretty much known as the second best comp in Australia, and you kick twenty goals in eight games, you know, and he's come over the VFL, kicked two goals, one, he can kick it's goals. Just continually continuing yeah. on. Yeah. It means he's a small forward and he's a true small forward. He's he's just averaging two and a half goals a game uh, so far this year. No matter where he's played against adult men, uh, so he, he that's the good sign. He he looks like he's just going to how old. Uh, he's 19. And Massimo, <laughs> nice. Massimo just turned 19 literally like six days ago. Uh, so they're very, they're very young. So there are, I worked out that I think Massimo is something like five or six months older than Hobbs. So Nice. So it does put in context, doesn't it? You go, because if, if this they is were a future age, career we're looking at. Yeah, it's a future, if he was a mature age and you thought, oh, well, he's 26 and yeah, sure, fine, we'll get a few years out of him, but... That won't be it. But he's it's literally like getting another Hobbs. Yeah, it's really just another draft in some ways. Just you've got him maybe with a six or twelve months more maturity yeah. through you know, state leagues. Um, but that's about it. It's it's really just a new draft. And Massimo looks like you know, he looked like a guy that was like pick twenty in a draft kind of you know, that kind of you know, you go yeah, and it always it always makes me ask the question, why wasn't he? Mm. You never know. You never know if they played out of position. You never know they were injured. Yeah. I don't know enough to know his history uh, because obviously the, that two-year COVID period is so uncertain, especially if you're a Victorian boy. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is, is so unknown about what your game is uh, that I think we've just got a lucky one that's matured um, now that he's played a consistent amount of games, kind of post-COVID mess. Um, so... 
You so know, do we walk him in or do we not walk him in? You'd have to have the conversation this week. Like, you would. Just, can we give... Oh, I, I, I'm such a downer when it comes to this, man. Sample size is one. You're the, we're the worst... I, say, I keep saying this. We're the worst halfbacks in the AFL right now. So, and he but plays... You know that why more. that is, right? Well, it is a little bit personnel as well, though. But... Yeah. But, uh... Yeah. Oh, but again, it all comes down to just just moving up. It all comes down to a game plan, man. Yeah. Massimo D'Ambrosio um, in a in a team with a really good game plan. Bang! There's an, there's your other half back, mate. No problems at all. But Massimo in a team that has no no uh, game plan or no ability to to stop players running through the middle of the ground is going to look as bad as Rids does. Yeah, it would be interesting how he would play because he plays almost the opposite of how Essendon plays. He takes the game yeah. line, he runs the lines. He's very creative with the ball. Jeez. So he's someone we desperately need, that kind of player. But again, like if he runs the lines and he breaks the lines and starts to run towards the middle of the ground, he's <laughs> going to look up and I don't. see nobody. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Peter Wright, why are, you, why are you on the wing? Why are you on the wing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It, look, I have a different view. I, I have this similar view to you at the end of season draft, the main draft. Yeah. I have a slightly different view when it comes to the mid-season draft. And the whole point is, for me, the whole point of the mid-season draft is that you bring in talent that you think can play almost close to straight away, that you recognise players that fit a need now because they've got small contracts. So your idea is you've got to you've got to find out about them now. So I have no, you know. Probably, I reckon they probably give him one more VFL game, and if he plays like that again, I don't. Th- yeah, I, I agree. I, I think it's almost a no-brainer. It's all right. You got to excuse me. Yawn there. Um, <laughs> thanks for, thanks to, for yawning my comments. Sorry, man. <laughs> I'm a tired boy. Uh, yes, uh, it's got to be. It's got to be two games, man, in the VFL. The boys got to. We got it because otherwise, it's like he's a number one draft pick. He's like just <laughs> he's, been, he's been selected straight into the side. Yeah, I know, but. The other point is too, we're third last and two and ten. So it's 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 yeah, you know it's what have you got, got wins? What have you got to lose? But is this are we going for wins in this season? No, now? you're you're trying to find what your team is in three years. Yeah. If, if this guy's part of it, then but Yeah, I suppose. They're they're small contracts, these these mid season contracts. So you've got to find out pretty quickly. So then also then um Jai Menzies? Jai Menzies obviously needs to play some BFL games. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Only yeah. because again with the Lord. Only because he didn't um, super set the world on fire. No, yeah, like he did. His, I mean, if you talked about a small forward and you said you said I kicked two goals one today, most small forwards that's that's their job. Yeah. So he's done. He's done one of the ticks. Um, but I just felt like he needed to learn a little bit more. Uh, have Stance coaching him. Have the the group coaching him. Yep. Uh, but if he, he seems like the kind of guy, I just feel like he's going to have a three or four goal game soon as well. Okay. So I, I, I really liked what I saw, even though he only got the ball five times, he did rotate a lot on the bench. So I'm just, I, I was, I was, I was interested to see, I wonder where he's at, um, because he it was like five game, five minutes into the first quarter, he got rotated off onto the bench and sat there for five, six minutes. Okay, um, came on, but then got rotated off on the bench. And you're like, when you're playing deep forward, that's you go, oh, is that is there a niggling something, or you know, just you sat a lot on the bench. But yeah. um, 
but there's something there. There's just sometimes just the way he moved. Uh, um, I don't know. It's just uh, I just sense something's good about him. Um, uh, again, but the you, the stats can't the stats really don't lie. I mean, like you said, five possessions, two goals, one. Yeah, and he's just come from the SA League where he's he actually should yeah, goals. he actually could have almost kicked three. Brian uh, kicked a forty meter pass that I didn't know got uh, touched. Um, by the guy, you know, not on the mark, but just was near him. Yeah. But it like it hit Menzi hit on the chest, thirty yards out in front. Oh, uh, <laughs> he got gold touched and he got tackled. Um, but yeah, and that was like either in the fourth or third quarter. So he would have that would have given him three. So um, yeah, he three, he, three he looks, would have made him think he feels like a dangerous player. Like you just get the sense he's a dangerous. Player that doesn't need too many opportunities to cause. And now you think about it, like I, I'm here, my thinking, geez, and I know everybody's listened to this has heard me say, can we play Hobbsy in the twos just for a while to give him some experience? And why do we need to bring him in? Look, we're, we're, he's playing now, he's starting to get the ball 17, 18 times, he's starting to influence things. Fine, that's what happens. I'd love to have seen him done that in the twos and then brought him in when he was super confident. But anyway, he's in there and he's doing it now, fine. It may very well be, against my better judgment, but it may very well be <laughs> that we just go bang, Caldwell and Mass, Massimo and just bring him in. Uh, not uh, Jai Menzies, sorry. We might as well just go bang Menzies and, um, and De Ambrosio, bring him in. Well, the thing just that, bring him in. The thing that Menzies got going for him, and this is uh, one of my, if we did back to the first segment, one of my complaints is that, why do we kick it long when we've got no small forwards yeah. at all? Like no registered small forwards. Because I don't call Guelphie or Hobbs or no. they're just not. No, they're, they're midfielders not. who are trying to play forward. That's, That's basically right. how I see it. Uh, so they're no recognised guys who get in the right spots and understand the Do have a craft, craft. yep. Um, and that's where Menzies has a bit of in his favour because we just don't have it. But our game plan says we should have it because if you kick it long every time and they're only marking it, one out of twenty times, uh, and the ball and the ball right. and the ball gets dropped to the ground. Then your whole game plan centered around that you have crafty small forwards. So it's not it's not out of the question if he has a good game next week, uh, Menzi. That he's not far away. But yeah. but even Tex, I mean Tex had fourteen disposals and 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 looked still a little bit lively. Um, so. Yeah, it was funny. I saw him when they lined up, you know, it was uh, Stuart and with Tex on one side and Menzi on the other. I said, that looks like a better forward. That's not bad. That's not a bad <laughs> forward setup. It's like, it just, it weirdly felt like a more balanced forward line than our seniors forward yeah. line. Just the, the ratio of, of crafty small forwards around him. And then you bring right. in uh, the Davy boys next year. Yeah. yeah so. They start to look good. So, yeah. I want to give a shout-out, Nick Bryan, 45 tap-outs. He had 47 the, the previous game. So he's nice. getting his hand on the ball, kicked the winning goal. Um, they were up by two or three, uh, took a mark in the forward line and went back calm, composed, kicked the goal, and it pretty much made us win the game. So, on you, Brian. Uh, you know, he's, I, I know people cry out for senior games. He's an example of why the, the VFL program – is important to develop because he's getting every minute in the ruck and his craft work is getting developed so well. Uh, and I think he, I, I have no problem with him just keep doing this while while Phillips protects a little bit of Draper 
in, in the ruck. So uh, I think that, I, I think that's fine. He's only 1920, Brian. So as a ruckman, he's very much a baby still. So I think he's developing really nicely. Uh, he's played. He's really uh, he he towed up um, the Carlton ruckman. So I thought he was. I think Brand across half back again is really improving. Well, uh, really becoming a really dependable, solid uh, defensive player. Starting to learn a little bit about more getting the ball himself. Uh, and creating, so yep. he, he's he's definitely um, on the right path. I thought Baldwin had a really uh, impressive game. He, everything time the ball was coming to our forward line, if it was kicked long, his physicality to either get the ball to ground or either he marked himself was really really impressive. Uh, Stewie uh, was fantastic, absolutely fantastic, and that was the closest thing that will get him a senior game. Um, yeah, he was he was. Probably, if you talked about influence, he was probably the, the best on ground. Um, so, look, there, there was Lordy had a really good first half, running for half back. Uh, so, you know, it was a really impressive win. Like overall, uh, even Hurdy, Hurdy had a had a, a really good last quarter, um, had a big influence on the game. So, it was it was a really good win. So, Paul Cousins would be a very very happy man. Yep. They've won two in a row. They're they're turning things around. You know what? The good news is for the VFL is, you know, when you have Snelling and Langford coming back, I know Langford's going to play VFL is he? Uh, yeah, this week. Um, but then they'll start rotating into the seniors and then, you know, you know, let's face it, you could have guys like Guelphie or other guys, you know, um, that go back into the VFL because some guys are just going to go yeah. out, even if they're good players. Um, to make way for Massimo or somebody like that. <laughs> well, you get Snelling. You know Snelling's going to get yeah. a game. You know Langford's going to get a game. And, and if we're not having many injuries, and McGrath's got to come back in. Uh, he's got one week. Uh, so it's guys are of a decent, more decent quality and even get omitted out of the side. Um, but then the VFL program just goes from strength to strength. So uh, which really helps some of the guy, the younger guys who are left. I thought... Um, the experiment of Josh Ayer at half back was really interesting. Yeah, it was. It was oddly his probably his best game I've seen him. Damn play. right, it was. He he had ten or eleven disposals. Still, yeah, he got a little bit unlucky. I thought he took a couple of spectacular marks that the umpire didn't pay. It was touch and go. It was like fifty fifty. But you know, you, I, I've seen umpires be a bit more lenient on on those kind of marks, but. I thought his efforts and and he, he shut down his defender. I'm oh, sorry, his forward, uh, really, really well. So that's an interesting little little role for him to. Um, and it's they, just another feather in the cap. And they probably, you know, in all fairness, I'm sorry, Josh, but they probably had to try and find something different from you. So I understand the move to half back. They had to try and find well, what else can you do? Because he was really struggling at forward line. Um, uh, so being behind the ball, he seemed to. You know, and one thing about, you know, when we're, when we're having the wind and he got the ball at half back, he can launch the thing 65 metres easily. Nice. Uh, so he can clear he can clear a, a zone pretty comfortably with his left boot. So even that was an interesting experiment um, because they, they put Stuart in Air's role yeah. uh, and they put Air in kind of Stewie's role. Um, and it, it seemed to work okay. So and he's got an accurate left boot, as I remember, too. Like yeah, his field kicking is not too bad either. And he'll it'll be actually better, you know. He's one of those guys that when he's probably in defense, he probably kicks a lot better. Like he's not thinking as much kicking for goal. Yeah. Or, okay. Um, it's more natural instinct. So, look, 
it was a really, really impressive 12-point uh, – no, sorry, 8-point win, I think it was. Um, so that was that was pleasing, and hopefully the VFL program can, can go on from here. Then, look, prior to the VFL was the VFLW game, and that was almost my highlight of the whole – Domination. They, they played their first final against the Arch Rival Hawks. Um, and, and two weeks ago, I, I was at Box Hill. Uh, two or three weeks ago, I was at Box Hill, and it was a pretty thrilling draw that both teams played. You could tell these were two teams that were pretty close to the mark. Yep. Um, and uh, so I was a little bit nervous going to this final game because you never know. And they win 60 to 7. That's they smashed them. Comprehensive. They win the fights. Uh, they win the fights and oh, all. There's a nice brawl, yeah. yeah. I'll show you after the... Nice. Uh, um, it resulted in a double goal to us. Um, I'll take that. So, yeah, the girls came to play. They came to play. They, they was not mucking around. Um, they played just the midfield, just crushed them. Uh, so, yeah, our, our Georgie was, was had 12 tackles. She's a little gun. Man's uh, love it. So it was just, yeah, that was so fun to watch to see. They now go into um, a prelim final on Sunday. Um, I think it's Sunday 11 a.m. It might be at Windy Hill again. So should be our home game. So Versus? Uh, uh, versus Demons. Okay. So uh, who are a good team. So it will be. Yep. Um, so let's hope. If they win, they're in a grand final. Oh, man. So. That would now, be great. Yeah, so they've got a slightly different system with the uh, with the women's program. So because Essendon won their first final, if they – how's this? They lose the prelim, um, they still get a second chance. Oh. So there's another kind of – I don't know how it works out. It's like another semi between Collingwood and uh, – it might be Saints or something like that um, – and they play the winner of that if they lose this week. If they win, okay. they go straight into the grand final. Or oh, they, double chance. That's so all good. Yeah, so they've, that's what you get being on top of the ladder, I guess, yeah. and winning your first final. So if you win your first final in this system, you get a double chance kind of to – you almost get a double prelim, really. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you just got to win one of the next two to get into the grand final. And obviously you want to – That's going to happen. So yeah. we girls are going to be probably playing in a granny. So, uh, yeah, I mean – the. The idea is that the, probably the Demons are the best team left in the comp. Okay. So if you want to win this week and then you're going to be pretty comfortable. Not comfortable, you never are, but you're going to like your chances anyway of actually winning the grand final. Uh, so, look, if you can go down uh, Sunday, cheer them on. It's, it's a, you know, I'm telling you, it's more, it's better than you think it is. And I was there sitting there and, you know, I, you know, I was on the players' bench and, you know, right you know, basically three minutes to the right of me was Draper and Redmond and and um, it had the VFL guys watching on, cheering on. It was, so it was pretty cool to watch. Um, oh, yeah, it's just Fletch was right next to me, right? And um, he gets a tap on the shoulder and he turns around and it's Dean Rioli out of nowhere. Dean Rioli. And even Fletch is like, Dino, Dino. <laughs> like, wow, where you come from? And it's like you tell he hadn't seen him for a long time. And they just had the biggest hug. And I was like, they were just joking and laughing. Um, yeah, it was kind of a nice vibe uh, being right there and then seeing that right next to you. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Dean Rowley. And it's it funny, I saw his face and just instantly flooding highlights came to my mind. I was like, oh, 
oh man, I'd love to have oh, you. Oh, Dean Rioli <laughs> across a half forward flank. Uh, yes, thank you. So yeah, that was kind of fun, and you know, Brasher was there, and Xavier was there, and Madden was there, and um, you know, of course, Cousins was there. But there's there's a whole sort of Essendon management and crew all down there, all watching the girls. So it was a really impressive, dominant uh, win by the girls. So yeah, it was. Two that, out of three for the weekend. Two out of three. So I know that's not the popular one, <laughs> you know, but, it, you know, there was definitely positives uh, to the weekend. Um, so th- that Saturday was just fun. It was a doubleheader at Windy Hill and we won both. And it was just fun. It was like one was against Carlton, one was against Hawthorne. And, uh, and <laughs> I was like, much better than oh, that's, that. you know, that I can go away Sunday and Monday being much more happier. Thank you. Uh, so I sent a nice little message to George. He just gave me a big congratulations. So she gave us a big shout out and said, thanks for your support. And nice. So, so yeah, it was, uh, that's the positives. Um, yeah, there's some, there is some good things happening uh, at the club, the things to look it's, forward it's to as well. It's tough. It's tough, right. To, to get fired up about the club at the moment, but those things, they, they are worthy of, of some positive comment. And it's just, it's just the, the, I don't know, what's the word? The consistency of the poor performances from the seniors. It's just, it does get on our nerves. And like, like oh, it well, does all of our listeners, I have no I mean, doubt. Everyone, everyone listener, you know, outside of the VFL and the, it, that's what we've grown up on is watching the senior men's. Uh, it's, you don't understand the passion behind it and, uh, and when you're talking the 150th history. So, you you know, it's not fun to have a team that's – never won more than 12 games since 2004. It's not, you know, we're, it's yeah. not, it's hasn't been a fun ride. So, but you just hope somewhere, I mean, just hope there's a light at the end of the tunnel and uh, that, you know, I, I, my only little small little moments of joy is in a weird way that I'm seeing the mid twenties guys get very frustrated lately yeah. and, and wanting to turn this around yeah. And they're the little things that I see and go, well, it's giving me a little bit of hope because I can see I'm seeing in their face that they really care about it and, and something's going to give, you know, whether it's their feedback on why they're lost or, or, or the feedback on why they might want to change or, um, but you feel like something's going to give. Um, so yeah, I, I hope, the only that, hope. Yeah. The, only, the, the review piece, I just hope that, I too would like to see it be external. If I'm 100% honest, I'd like to see it be external. But let's hope that something comes from it and that they've got good procedures and good policies and practices in place. Good honesty, really. And honesty, mm-hmm. yeah, and how they actually do this and it's and they take it on board. Because the, the, there's nothing surer that in, that in Xavier's mind and Brash's mind and Hep's mind and Chuck's mind um, that they will know that there is a problem. Well, this this isn't just a um, this isn't just a, a an issue that's going to be fixed with some players coming back from injury. Yep. There is a genuine issue here, so I, I really hope they take it on board, looking for the issue. Don't come out of the of the review going, "Oh no, everything's good." Come out of the we've identified what the issue is, and here's what we're going to do to fix it. Yeah, no, exactly. So, and I just hope there's a bit of humbleness. You know, some people have to make critique their own roles. Uh, and that, that, yeah, absolutely. That, that they're getting things, absolutely that they're getting things wrong, and you know, put their hand up. I'd rather, you know, in a weird way, if Truck put his hand up and said, "Look, I'm getting, something, I've got a few things wrong, and it's got to be addressed," you would have the fan base on board with you pretty quickly. Um, yeah, 
because at the, but at the moment it's just rolling over and rolling over and we're not it feels like a, the fan base is a little bit like what is, what actually is going on yeah no, but because yeah. nobody knows it's so confusing yeah. from last year to this yeah. year and then is it the game plan is it the players is yeah. it that they're not putting in effort they're putting in enough effort now are they just chasing their bums because they don't know what they're doing why do we continually keep bombing it into the into the forward line why isn't our back line working all of these things really need there needs to be like a two pages yeah. at least on the review so yeah. um, anyway. Thank you. What happened to my voice just then? Did you hear that? That was weird. Um, <laughs> thank you, everybody, for uh, for joining us again on the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. The next one will be uh, Thursday night, I believe, are the we? Patreons, yeah. Thursday night, team selection show for the Patreons. Um, join us at Patreon if you're a new member. Um, we've got uh, a Patreon where we give you um, two extra pieces of content, a Thursday night team selection show and a very, very popular, probably our most popular um, show is the post-game, directly after the game, Scotty and I get on board. Which I, yes, which I get, <laughs> which we either get very much good praise for or, guys, you're a bit negative. You're so, but massively <laughs> negative, yes. <yeah, so. laughs> but I just will remind you that it literally is directly after the game and it's not easy to be uh, not a fan, I guess, straight after Absolutely. a game when you've lost it. Yeah. So, so I just have to be honest and say we promised ourselves we'd be authentic and we're going to be. And that's – I think most people uh, appreciate that. But, look, just on the Patreon, I'm not going to oversell it, sorry, but obviously with the two shows, just recently we've actually started up a Discord community for yes. our Patreons as well. Uh, and we've already got like 140 uh, members already doing their own community chats in this – Heaps of interaction. Uh, there's VFL chat, trade chat, draft chat, game day chat. Uh, so that community's taken off. Uh, so when you do become a, a $3 a month member of Patreon, um, basically when you join, just let us know you want to join Discord. We can send you a link. Um, and you can just start being in the community straight away. So, Absolutely. So that's one of the also new little advantages from, from being a Patreon member, which is, yeah, it's been awesome. You can even have voice chats on game day and talk to people overseas yep. while the game's going on and you can do a whole lot of stuff. Absolutely. And we're looking at the technology. Uh, so a few people have requested this. I haven't even told Grant this, so this is breaking news to you. But um, just possibly when I have a chat to Paul Cousins, there is a feature you can do it actually uh, online on Discord Live. Okay. Why Discord, uh, people can hear it there. So I have to learn that technology myself. <laughs> but Before we do something like that. But yeah, but we're going to try and do some creative things for Patreons as well to add some added features. So Nice. So patreon.com forward slash lunchtime catch up podcast. Check us out. Three bucks a month if you want to come over and get that groovy extra exclusive Patreon content. But um, for everybody else, thank you very much for joining us. We'll be back on uh, probably Monday again next week with the uh, main pod. Shall do. Bye, Bye guys. Promise.